beautiful people, and welcome to Unlocked, a podcast focusing on all mental health and identity-related topics through the Caribbean lens. I'm your host, Audrey Augustov, Haitian-American and licensed counselor. So I've been editing the content that's going to be coming up in the next several weeks. And I realized that in several of the episodes, I keep bringing up my mom. And I felt compelled to do something different. To feature myself and to have my first solo episode on Unlocked. My mother is the most classy woman I know. All the things about myself that I love and revere the most are things that I know that I am or have done because my mother raised me. And there is a deep desire for me to grow up and be just like her. Grow up as if I've not already grown up, right? (laughs) But there are some issues that have transpired between the two of us. And I realized that I would be doing this audience a disservice if I focused always on bringing a guest in to have honest conversations and didn't infuse a little bit more of my story in between. So today, I'm going to talk about the evolving relationship with my mother and how I went from cutting her off to forgiving her. In this episode, I highlight five steps that I went through because I did want to talk about this in a way where people could take something away from it. And I also provided some slight information about therapy. I hope you enjoy this. It's a little bit scary, but I'm also really proud of it. Take a listen. In December of 2021, I refused to attend my family's Christmas celebration because I wanted nothing to do with my mother. In January of 2022, my mother proposed we go to family therapy together. And after some careful consideration and a lot of hesitation, I said yes. This story of going to family therapy with my mother and what has since come of it is significantly more nuanced than answering the question, what is family therapy like? This is a story of how giving myself permission to feel all the negative feelings I have for my mother eventually led to our reunification. So... Let me get a little honest. Those negative feelings were pretty deep. It was a lot of venom, a lot of anger, some very deep resentments, and sometimes bordering feelings of hatred. I mean, I have to give voice to that reality if I'm going to talk about this honestly. And it's confusing, too, because I am not the person who only has negative things to say about my mom. I'm not so deep in this concept of I struggle with my relationship with my mother that I cannot give her credit for the amazing things that she is as a mother. I mean, I deeply love my mom. I've always have, even when I was still in the space where I struggled to like her. And that duality is really the hard part. That is the driving force that kept me suppressing 
these real feelings of anger that were living inside of me. So when I look back, I identify five major steps that I went through to get to this point. And I can't guarantee that other people that would go through these steps will end up with the same results because I did my part and I'm not responsible for the part that my mom did. And so if other people follow this formula, they might experience something different as far as what their parents are capable of. But I do believe that at the very least, achieving peace is a personal journey. So the first thing I did was revising my history and acknowledging the truth about how I really felt. And this is a hard one because when you look at your history, it's painful. It brings up all of your rage. And it makes you question, why did I put up with this for so long? And if there's one theme that I can say repeats itself through the different stages of my life that made our relationship fall apart, it was the harshness of the words that she used. My mother, to be honest, was not mean. She was cruel. And I've actually told her that recently, you know, that there was a cruelty in the way that she expressed herself to me that I really internalized. I identify a stage in my life when I was pregnant and the sense of abandonment I felt from my mother. I touch on this a little bit in episode 13, Expecting the Unexpected, but I didn't get into depth with it because I prefer to let my guests be the featured member of the episode. But yeah, I was alone when I was pregnant. I was alone when I was pregnant because I was pregnant and unmarried, and that was a sense of shame that my parents carried over me. And so I didn't get to experience being brought into this journey of motherhood with excitement or just like being anointed into this new phase of womanhood, you know, which is something that I would have loved. It was just something that I was alone with. And my mother historically has not had the best impulse control as it relates to managing her feelings and communicating about them effectively. So if feelings of shame or disappointment were pent up in her and something else happened, then she would find herself just lashing out at me and yelling at like no one in particular, very loud, just going on and on and on and on about like the things that are wrong with me. And I mean, it was hard. There's a very specific fight, a very specific fight that stands out. Something about that argument put me in a space where I would kind of replay the tape of those words that were said over and over and over in, in my head. And I got to a point where I told myself, this person hates me. Like, you you cannot love a person and talk to them in this way. So this... This is a person that hates me. This is really where I was at the time that I was really processing, you know, what is our history? And that was my conclusion. My mother hates me. As I identified myself with this history, I gained a greater understanding of how that bled into other areas of my life. A lot of people, when they have parent wounds that shows up the most in their romantic relationships... But for me, I see it the most with my friendships. 
I have become a person that overstays her welcome with people that are showing me they don't like me. I can see that in my sorority history. I can see that in just social settings where people have given me vibes of we don't want you here, or maybe they've just been unkind to me. And instead of me having the self-respect of maybe I just don't belong here, I would just stay and I would endure. And that's the problem that my relationship with my mother taught me is it taught me how to endure. It taught me how to put up with. It taught me how to make excuses for other people. And I decided that I didn't want to be that kind of person anymore. So as I finished reviewing this history, as I finished taking inventory on what the true impact of this upbringing was, I went into step two, which was make a decision about what I'm going to do about it. My decision was to cut off my mom. I'm not sure how it could play out for other people because everybody has their own personality and their own tolerance, but I I needed to love myself enough to say no more. And it wasn't about punishing her. It was about acknowledging that this is trauma and abuse. It's it's more than just mean. It's more than just unfair. It is psychologically killing me. And I think up until then, the reason why I haven't been able to do that was because when I thought about what I could do about it, it was about retaliating, doing something to her. So I would lash out. I would you know, do behave in ways that are unbecoming of a traditional daughter in a Haitian family system. You know, you don't talk back to your parents a certain way. You don't criticize them a certain way. All of that was about trying to inflict the pain on her that she was inflicting on me. But once I focused on myself and what I wanted to do about it for me, I just disengaged. I'm not going to pretend like this is an easy choice to make. You know, sometimes you go on social media or, you know, you just listen to guru advice, you know, on YouTube or whatever the case may be. And and even me as a counselor, I can identify the fact that sometimes the feedback that I'm giving to clients sound easy, but they're incredibly difficult decisions to make. You know, anybody can tell you, oh, yeah, cut off your mom, like good for you or do this good for you. But it is hard. It is hard. It is painful. And and the reason why it's painful is because fundamentally, it's not what we actually want to do. You know, they say the opposite of love is in hate. It's indifference. And at no point in this journey did I ever feel indifference. And that's because fundamentally, I'm still driven by my love for my mom. So it doesn't feel good to disengage from her so, so much that there's nothing. There's no communication. There's no holidays. There's no quality time. I mean, there's a life that you envision for yourself growing up. And even as an adult that you envision for yourself with your parents and being able to give back to them in certain ways or to to engage with them. And one where my mom was just not in my life was never a part of the plan. So, yes, it was painful and I wasn't proud of it. 
so after the dust settled, and which isn't even a thing, right? There is no dust settling, but there is getting past the newness of these changes that you're making. I went into step three, which was exploring the new dynamics that I've created with these decisions. Because it's one thing to decide what you're going to do about it. And in the peak of your emotional state, feel empowered and emboldened to do that. But it's another thing to really examine, okay, what are the consequences of these decisions? So in this stage, I decided to go to therapy, individual therapy, to process some of my feelings. And I also really observed how my whole family system was functioning differently to adjust to these changes. I could sense that it was more than just my relationship with my mom that would never be the same, but it was how I relate to my whole family system would never be the the same. So to what extent am I willing to be this person that doesn't talk to her mom? Does that mean that like, I'm the person that has a wedding and my mom isn't invited? Well, what is that then? I can't imagine most of my aunts and uncles or people of that generation being willing to come to my wedding if I don't invite my mom. I mean, that's how the family functions, right? And so what are all of the things that are the consequences of the decision? And am I really willing to live in that? And of course, there could be this sense of resentment of it's not fair, they're enabling her. But I never saw it that way, mostly because... Life is just about choices and consequences. And so I just had to have an honest conversation with myself about knowing who everybody is, knowing what everybody is capable of, and understanding that if I'm making this choice, I need to stand in it instead of feeling sorry for myself and being angry with the whole system around me. I was ready to be empowered in the decisions that I was making. So I, I never felt a sense of resentment towards the whole family system because to me, my goal was freedom by any means necessary. The thing is, though, that in processing what are the potential consequences of making this decision, I had the opportunity to really compare this to my cousin's story. You know, if you don't know so much about this podcast and if you're new, if you look back at episode nine, there's an episode where I sat with my cousin and she was talking about her estranged relationship with her father and my uncle and only getting to a point where she made peace with it when he passed away. I'm going to be honest with you, that is not something that I wanted for myself. I did not want to be a person that was going to my mother's funeral looking at a casket and 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 almost feeling like, do I even belong in this room? Are people talking about me in this room? I don't know if those are feelings that she had, but that's how I would feel, I know. And really asking myself, did it have to come to this? Could things have been different? So in this space, between taking an objective look at what this might really look like for my life long-term instead of thinking about today, and also having the space in therapy where I'm able to process my feelings out loud, because that's a really important part about understanding ourselves. And I think to some extent, we're all connected to that. I mean, I know if anybody, if anybody out here is like me, sometimes like I'm about to get 
ready for a conflict or a difficult conversation that I want to have with somebody. And I really want it to go well. I really want to get my point across without offending the person. And I'll have these ideas in my head about how I, what I want to say should sound. But then when I practice it out loud, it sounds really different, right? Or even sometimes like if you're writing, you know, an essay or a paper, and then you read what you wrote out loud, you're like, mm, that doesn't sound so great, right? Because there's something about hearing your thoughts out loud that makes you receive the truth of them differently. And so therapy was very instrumental in getting me to understand myself out, outside of my brain, but really like in this space where I can hear how I sound. And so in this time frame, I'm identifying maybe I'm not ready to let go. I'm not willing to compromise certain things anymore. But maybe I'm not ready to let go. So somewhere in this time frame, don't ask me when or how, because I don't remember every little detail. But somewhere in this time frame, my mother did propose that we would go to therapy together. To be honest, my immediate response was absolutely not. <laughs> it was absolutely not because I'm not the one with the problem you are. In the time frame where I was really processing the consequences of my decision, I recognized that this is a very rare proposition that is being laid before me. You wouldn't believe this, but I actually really thought about Caribbean Twitter. I thought about the culture of Caribbean identity. And I really asked myself, I wonder how many people wish they had a mother that said, let's go to therapy to fix this. And when I understood just how rare this was, even though I was terrified, <laughs> I finally said yes. I did have to reach out and negotiate my terms a little bit, which is what step four was about. I didn't, I don't think I said that very implicitly, but I did, you know, take some time to identify, you know, I can only do this if you're coming into this process, understanding that you are wrong. <laughs> like we can explore the impact of it, why it hurts me so much. We can do all of that, but I cannot spend another moment of my life convincing you that you did these things and they were hurtful. So I went to therapy with my mom. I'll spend some future episode getting into what being in family therapy or couples therapy is really like. Although I haven't been in couples therapy yet, but the point is a therapeutic process where you and somebody else are in it together is very unique in how it brings up your feelings. Uh, and I don't want to detract from the point of this episode. So that will be its own conversation. But it was... A relatively short process that transitioned into her going to therapy on her own. But let me tell you a little bit of my own personal understandings that allowed me to move in that therapy space in the way that I had, right? Which was providing empathy and acknowledgement. It was the final step, which is make peace with what you're given. So, and this step is a step that regardless of whether or not you have a parent that can possess the ability to acknowledge their wrongs, it's still going to be your responsibility to make peace with it, right? I mean, 
I knew that I just was tired of being angry. I was tired of lashing out. I was tired of functioning. Like I was being a reactive person instead of responding to people because I just have so much internalized, am I good enough feelings inside of me because of the way that I've been spoken to all my life in my home. And you would not believe the way that I came to the insight where I was able to have empathy and compassion for my mom. So I was watching Netflix and I was watching this documentary, How to Become a Tyrant. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but it's a, it's a documentary, a historical documentary going over the different steps that people have be done to be, um, run dictatorships around the world, right? And as I'm watching this, I realized, hmm, most of these tyrannical regimes took place between like the 1930s and around like the 1960s. And it dawned on me that there is an entire generation of people that were raised in a global society where dictatorship and tyranny was the norm as far as leadership. And I am not sure why I never took the time to understand my mom through the context of a little girl who grew up in the Duvalier regime in Haiti. But it a lot became clear to me. And not only her growing up in that, but also her parents raising her in that. And I'm thinking about just the whole Caribbean region, you know, you know, because of Haiti's unique history. I'll talk to my other Caribbean friends from maybe, you know, other islands. And I'll remember, oh, yeah, your parents were raised in a time where they were still a British colony or a French colony. Like it wasn't a Commonwealth yet or a French territory yet. You know, and what does that mean psychologically about somebody's own self-identity and even if we're extending to other countries like the Dominican Republic and Trujillo and his dictatorship, I mean, I think we take for granted as millennials because of how culture and society functions today, how close-minded and controlling society was at the time that our grandparents were raising our parents. And that understanding changed everything for me. It changed everything for me. It didn't make what she did okay, but it it brought a lot of context to what she can't do and what her impulses lead her to do, even though she'll regret it afterwards. And it is in that understanding that I forgave my mom. And it is in that understanding that I gave myself permission to stop being angry. And that's really what this whole journey is all about. It's not It's not about fixing my relationship with my mom. I was blessed where I am able to head towards that. And that has a lot to do with what she's capable of doing too. But that's not what this journey was about. When it began, it was about deciding that I don't want to go through this anymore. I do not want to be on this roller coaster ride of defensiveness, of literally being in the room or even on the phone sometimes with my mom and feeling my body tense up. I remember one time I went to some dinner with my parents and my friend was there 
And she reflected to me, oh, you're so different when your parents are around. You're so much more serious. She said something to the effect to really bring to my attention that that laid back, casual person tenses up and, and, and isn't the same when I'm in my parents' presence. And I, I just didn't want to do that anymore. So there you go. I can't tell you, follow these five steps and you'll fix your relationship with your mom. I can't guarantee anything for you. But what I can say is we as people do not have to carry the burdens that our parents laid on us anymore. We can make our own individual choices to acquire some sense of freedom. So to go over it, it was step one, acknowledging the history of what we've been through. Step two, decide what you're going to do about it. Step three, explore the new dynamics that were created as a result of what you've chosen to do about it. Step four, negotiate the terms of those new dynamics and what you're willing to do and work on. And step five, make peace with what you're given. It's not easy. And funnily enough, today, before I did this recording, I saw some quote on Twitter that said, sometimes the healing is more painful than the wound. And I will say that for me, at least, the healing process for this was absolutely more painful than the wound. And that's something that, I'll again, I'll explore a little more when I talk about what it was actually like to be in a family therapy with my mom. But I am happy to say that today we're working on it. We're growing. She has come as far as making the executive decision for herself to go to therapy individually. I have explored my own stuff individually. And all of this has been the miracle that comes with forgiveness and compassion. Thank you very much.